Hello, hello, hello. Welcome along to Benchcast. I'm Neville O'Donoghue, and this is a podcast for bench warmers. Listen to me now, listen to me. Which phone is that? That's the second time it's gone off. We're going to do it. Tyson Fury. It's Torres to give Chelsea a place in the Champions League final. The headline has been written. You're a county? Absolutely not. That's a load of rubbish, Sean, to be quite honest. Uh, He's a disgrace to have a football club. What a belt he's given it. I, 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 I love I love I love me county, you know. We love Jambalas! On this podcast I have Leicester Tigers prop James Cronin. James also played for Munster, Ireland, the Babas and a stint down in Beeritz. I talked to James about life as a pro, about his journey in becoming a professional rugby player, and what he hopes to do when he finally hangs up the boots. With that, hope you enjoy the pod. James Cronin. James, how are you? I'm good now, Nave yourself. Not too bad. Thanks thanks a million for coming on the pod anyway. It's uh it's good to get you on. Um I suppose before we I, I suppose I'll start at the start in. Like I said, these podcasts I just have a, a general discussion and you know I kinda I, I know you before this, but like I suppose for people that don't know you, like you're from Ballincollig, uh, it's just a suburb of, it's just outside Cork City, isn't it? And tell us how did you get into rugby? Yeah, so I was actually very lucky, I suppose, where, where I grew up in Ballincollig. Um, the local rugby coach was just pulling lads down to training and there was probably five or six of us in the estate at the time and I suppose there's a bit of luck and that's how, I suppose, that's what you need in a bit of life and um, yeah, brought me down and was up to water straight away. All right. And tell me, like, because obviously I'm into all sports, like, what, did you play GA or did you play soccer or any other sports or was it just always rugby? I participated in the GA, but I, I wasn't any good. So, um, but it, do you know what? I always say, like, as in that it was great for my hand eye coordination and stuff like that. Um, obviously, I I was thrown in full forward or full back, like most uh, big boys. <laughs> exactly, uh... exactly. But uh, not at all helped towards rugby. So, um, I suppose I played up to like maybe under 16 level with Ballincollig um, and then you kind of get trials or whatever else and kind of then focus on the rugby after that. And then tell me, because like, I'm not too familiar with your story, but like, did you go through the school system or did you go through the club system? And then when did you realise that, you know, I might actually be onto something here? Well, to be honest, like I kind of had a... Um, I mean, I had a hard enough kind of run, so I, I would have been like the Munster system, played Munster youths and that sort of stuff. And then um, I was actually meant to trial for the Irish youths and I tore my cruise on a Wednesday before going up on a Saturday. So um, that kind of knocked me back a year, we'll say. And then, um, yeah, I was in playing at Ballincollig at the time and then from Ballincollig I moved into Highfield and then had a good underage team there luckily and then you kind of you know the way it goes you kind of get half spotted or whatever and um we then went from under 18 straight up to senior and i suppose when you're propping at a, a young age at senior level you, you kind of they had a look anyway all right and then i suppose the other question people listen to this be interested in is that um 
were like who had the biggest influence on you like uh, were your parents into rugby or how did where did your um, love for the game come I, I, I actually don't know like as in my father would have been like a gay background like and mother's family would never have been involved in rugby either so I think I just got a passion for myself you know what I mean I, I think that, as I said like I literally was ducked water with it and um, yeah just went from there loved the game from like an early age you know that kind of way yeah yeah I'm a, like, look, can I ask you this, James? Because I'm a right in saying that both my parents are passed away. Is it true that both yours are passed away? Is that true? Or I... Yeah, yeah. So I think my dad was passed away when I was maybe 19, and um, my mom when I was 25. And I suppose um, it's, tough, it's a really tough. Yeah, it's tough to go through, but it, quite, it does. It battle hardens you for life. Like obviously, if I if I could choose, I wouldn't have it that way in that kind of way. Because um, I was lucky that my mom was there for a lot of big games, a lot of big big moments in my career. So she saw me play for Ireland, and she saw me play for Munster, and that meant a lot to me. And uh, like any like any lad, like I used to play, like no real big influence until I probably went to the academy. Um, but like you played for your parents, kind of love and your kind of parents. Um, uh, what would you call it? Approval. Like, even though they knew nothing about rugby, if yeah. they told you you played great on Saturday, you'd feel 10 foot tall. And it, they told you you played crap, you'd go, they know nothing about rugby. So I must have been crap, like, you know, that kind of way. So, um, uh, but yeah, look, you, 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 yeah. Must have, you, you must have a, a good background then with the family because, like, like, just speaking for myself, I have an auntie at home that I'm very close to and I lean on other people in the family like you know so and I know you're very close with your other brother Maya so like was that very important to you when both your parents passed? Yeah so like I think um, I think my it's like my inner circle so like my brothers and my sisters we obviously became a lot tighter and we'd be there for each other no matter what now and do you know what I, I was actually I feel really good to me like I have some really close friends there now and like um, the Ryan's there that would have Dave Ryan and Timmy and Paddy their mum would have been really good to like my sister and um, would have been good to all of us you know kind of way after mom passed away and um, the club has really always been good to us so like I always I'll always feel indebted to them um, for what they did to me when, when times were tough yeah no you, you know what I like like when I've obviously I've I've had over 40 guests now on the podcast and they all have different journeys of becoming a professional like like I John Egan on the the centre Corkman, you know, the centre back for Ireland in soccer, and like he had injuries like you had, and he had setbacks like you know. But I just think it's it's great that people overcome them and they get to where they want to get to. But I suppose then to to fast forward then, James, I suppose is that to talk about Munster then. Um, well, obviously it was a great honour to play for Munster and all that. Like you know, look, looking back in your time with Munster. Are you happy with it, like, or do you think you could have done more, or how would you summarize it? Um, nah, I, I like it's a hard one, like, because I did get a lot of injuries, and probably not even just at Munster, my whole career as a whole. Like, I probably had a good chat with uh, Steve Barwick about this last year in terms of like, don't feel I've ever hit my potential. You're not going away, so um, so that yeah, I wouldn't be happy with my career if I'm being honest, like, so uh. I don't know. I got a lot, lot, got a lot of caps for Munster, not many for Ireland, and I suppose there are things you have to live with. You know what I mean? And we're all on our own journey, and it wasn't meant for me. You know, kind of way. So, um, so if you had to ask me, and I'd be brutally honest, uh, I would don't think I fulfilled 
my potential. So yeah, yeah. Well, look, that I, I suppose that's what you love about the competitor inside you. Like you know, I definitely think you you probably had more in you. But then I suppose looking at it at the same time is that I suppose you have to be thankful too because I look at Johnny Holland there, who, who I would have played with, and he was a great player, and he probably was truly unlucky with injuries. You know. Yeah, exactly. And like that's the thing, as in, right, things didn't go how I wanted or planned. Like, I mean, every every player, when they start playing professionally, they want, you know, 200 caps for their province, 100 for their country, you know, and that's not the reality. You know what I mean? The reality is, is there are injuries in the game and, like, you can be a different player from 24. I think you see the really great players is that they, they evolve and... They might lose an, lose an, a yard through injury or whatever, and they just they recreate themselves, and that's that's what the really that's what the hundred cap players do. They they remodel themselves. In my um, opinion, no, I think I I'd agree with you. The other question I'd like to ask you is that, like, I I kind of have to sometimes I kind of you'd have to realize that Munster isn't just where we're from anymore. It's very much a business, and it's a and I thought like I thought yourself and John Ryan were. Like very much, I thought it was unfair. Like you look how well John did. I was watching the Super Rugby final at the weekend, and look yeah, how so, well you did with Leicester. Like I suppose, did it, did that come back to reality when you were to leave Munster and John had to leave Munster? That that is very much a business, you know, as much as playing rugby, you know. Yeah, it, it is, and like to be honest, with you, I've no grow with that side of it. Like, is in business is business in 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 all professional sport, but. I, I I don't know, I can't speak for John, but for me, it's still home. Like, you know what I mean? It still will always be like my big thing is that in 10, 20, 30, 40 years' time, I'll still be going to Munster matches, I'll still be supporting Highfield, you know. So there's no like there's no animosity or there's no like begrudgement there, like as in be sick dead of people coming up to you saying, Oh, you shouldn't be let go, but like that's that's life, you know what I mean? Is and I've had a lot of shitter things happen to me in life than been told, oh, you're not getting a contract. You know what I mean? I, I know I'm good enough that I'll get a contract with another club. You know what I mean? And you gotta have confidence in yourself. And you like to be honest, I left really well. I shook hands with everyone. I said thanks very much. And you know, you see them again. You see them again. If you don't, so be it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'd also like to ask you is that. You're based in the Midlands now with Leicester Tigers, and um, but I know you would have spilled in Biarritz. Um, like, how did that go? Because the reason I'm asking is because I think, I think I'd much prefer the sunny south of France rather than the Midlands of England. So, how did you set to make the switch to England? Uh, if I could get the coaching staff from England in the south of France, it would have been the perfect recipe. So, right. uh. Yeah, like there's no disrespect to like Beirut's, like everyone like tried their hardest, but like going up from the top from the pro to do to the top fourteen, I I knew it was going to be a challenge, but I didn't realize how much of a challenge it would be. You know, you have a small squad, a small budget, and you're taking on the likes of La Rochelle to lose. Like, like if you get if you're in the away team there, some days you're going, oh my god, like as in we're going to get absolutely spanked. You know what I mean? Because like the French just, just care about winning at home. And then if you can pick up something away, that's a massive bonus. And um, yeah, do you know what? It was really tough. It was actually like, and I don't mind it being tough, but it was, there was lots of malarkey then like to the side of it where you had like, we'll say a member of the club with a member of the town not getting on and, 
Yeah. It became Raggy Boy Rover stuff in terms of like we didn't have hot water there for like three months towards the end of the season. Like so you're you're training all day, you're you didn't have to go home and shower, like you're not going away. It's like rich, yeah. it's real throwback to like amateur era, like actually you'd actually get a hot shower after in a club, you know what I mean? So you could only laugh at it like. Yeah, yeah. No, I I I was over there once or twice. Obviously, Dave Dave O'Callaghan's playing over there, a uh, fellow Yall man. So I, I've seen it. But um, the other thing I, I'd like to ask you is that, and tell us about Leicester Tigers then, James. Because like I was watching, I, I'm living out here in Dubai, and I'm I'm good friends with a guy, and he's actually a big Leicester Tigers fan. And we we're watching that match that night against Leinster and Leicester. And I, like, look, I was shouting for Leicester, obviously, with yourself, like you know. But like, um, tell us, like. What's the aim now, like? Because I know you got to the semi final, the Premiership, and was that the quarterfinals of Europe? Like, obviously, you want to push on again next year. Yeah, we do, and I, like I feel that, like, in many ways, it was an unsuccessful season. But I can't, I can't tell, like, from being inside there, how much disruptions we had in terms of like coaches leaving, and and again, like that's the business of rugby. You know what I mean? Like, fellas, it's like a player wanting to go from club level to play international rugby, like, as in, it's the same for coaches, you know what I mean? So, like, there was no, everyone was delighted to see Steve and Kev go on and then Alid and, and Wiggy afterwards. But, like, it is tough. It kind of, we went through a kind of tough couple of games there in January. And then I thought we showed really good resilience, like, so, um, kind of got to semi-finals and kind of last Pollard the week of the game and um, like there was no Jesus, no disputing like Leinster completely outclassed us but, um, but yeah I just felt look on, on the day sale fair play to them they they, they won they were a better team on the day but yeah I think, I think us going forward next season will definitely again challenge in fairness want to challenge on all fronts but when you look at some of the squads like in other teams and whatever else, like you know, um, teams in the Premiership do struggle, you know, kind of way. Yeah, I, I have to ask you this question being a Premiership player because that was the story of the year this year. Um, London Wasps, um, London Irish, uh, Worcester, you know, three teams falling. And I heard, like, I said, I'm friends with a few Leicester lads over here, and they said, like, Leicester even got us a, a savior because I thought to myself, Leicester's too big to fail, but like. What what do you think as players when you see stuff like that going on in the headlines? Are you worried or concerned or anything? You know, uh, you have to be. You know what I mean. But uh, like as a whole, I think obviously the way there are a few do it, it's a really good model. But then that model is only for four teams. You know what I mean. So like that's not viable for the French Union to do or the the English Union. You're not kind of way. So yeah, maybe they definitely have to get their heads together and like come up with a better, I suppose, business plan. But it's, it's hard. Like, you know what I mean? As in, there's no two ways about it. Like, how do you tell player X that, or we're cutting your salary in half. You know what I mean? The game is tough enough. Like without fellas been told that, or like, cause of financial difficulties, we're cutting your wages in half. And then there's fellas have no jobs. So they might come in and take your job for half your wage. You're not going to end. Yeah. Yeah, it is a concern, but like again, like all the lads that are really good players, unfortunately from these clubs, they're picked up on good contracts. You know, kind of way. So 
Yeah. It's the middle tier it's the middle tier players that they're all fighting for contracts and like the clubs have the power now because they know right, we might have only had four fellas in this position. No, we have eight. And yeah. you know, they're playing each other, playing lads off each other. Yeah. Well the other question I'd like to ask you is because I was talking to Dylan Hartley there last week. He's our director of rugby over here with the Dubai Sharks. And like he did an art, he he was in the telegraph for one of those newspapers about head concussion. You know, you've yeah. been uh, you've been in the front row, like, you know, is that I, I don't want to go down a big rabbit hole now, like, you know, but like I suppose is that very concerning, the whole head concussion and stuff like that? Do you know what? I'd say I've only had like one concussion in my whole career. I've been very lucky. So like it's not really something that like concerns me, but you do take big hits. You do hit collisions. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not worrying now, but like, sure, I don't know what I'm going to be like at 50, you know, kind of way. Yeah. I know I'm going to be broken up a bit, like, but uh, again, I know these things, you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what I'd always say is that like, like rugby now is going so PC that like, I don't, I'm not agreeing with headshots or anything now, but like, even the lowering of the height now to like sternum height and stuff like that, like, just the referees have hard enough jobs as it is, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. how, like, if you're refereeing an AL game on a Saturday and it's, like, mid-drift or just above the sternum and you're penalising a fella, like, you know what I mean? They're, they're not helping, like, they're not actually helping anybody. You're not going away. Yeah. Uh, Governing bodies or whoever. Um, yeah, but, but it's not, yeah, but the other thing I said, James, is that, like, you might have seen that clip going around a week or two ago of there's a new two laggy uh, brother, you know, or he's only 18. And like, he's yeah, like yeah, 23 stone or something. Like you're like, yeah. oh, they're just getting bigger and bigger the whole time. Like, you know? Yeah, they are. And like, I've, I've often said this just like privately to friends, like, as in, I just think you got to reduce the substitutions. Like you look at like something that South Africa did in the World Cup, fair play. You basically bring on like another pack, you know, whereas you reduce the substitutions, you can still make it eight players and five substitutions or whatever you want to make it that fellas are fellas have to be fitter, they can't be as big as they are, and you, you put that emphasis on fitness. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. That's a very good call. Um I suppose then I suppose the final few questions then, I suppose, James, is that like uh looking at uh I suppose we'll cover briefly. Munster and the URC, and also the second question I ask is about Ireland and the World Cup. So, like, what do you think of? Obviously, surely it was great to see. It was unfortunate that yourself and a few others that have been great Munster men weren't there to get that medal. But surely you probably looked at that with good satisfaction seeing Munster win the URC. Oh, yeah, absolutely delighted. As I said, like at the start, like you'll always be a Munster fan. You know what I mean? It's it's the first team you watched at, at seven, eight years old. You know what I mean? seen all the heartaches in 2000 and 2003, 2002 and like, you know, I was delighted for the lads, you know what I mean? Fellas that like, you'd be close with or you sold it with over the years and like to see them get the medal at the end of the day, you know, you, you can only be delighted for them and like, and that's not, I'm not putting that on or anything, you know what I mean? Like as in, I was delighted for them but I didn't, it's weird you know, when you're, I got a great line a couple of years ago, when you're gone, you're gone. Like, got that from uh, an ex-teammate. And, uh, yeah, do you know, I was just happy for the lads, but didn't feel, um, you'd say, oh, do you feel sorry or were you bitter or not one bit? You know what I mean? As in, I'm, like, as I'm saying, 
I'm learning my own trade. You know what I mean? As in, I'm played in France, played in England now, and like some lads have just be playing in the bubble of URC and they'll never see anything different other than Munster. And that's great, but like my eyes have been wide open from like a rugby point of view playing away, and that's yeah. as valuable as a medal to me. Like, are we gonna make? Are we gonna win the World Cup? Um. I hope so, but I don't think so. Yeah. Will, I think, we be, uh, will we get to a semi even, like, will we? No, no, I think we'll get to a semi. I think we'll go really think close. We'll be New Zealand or France, yeah? It's France. But I, I remember I was at the game two years ago in the Stade de France, um, and it was an incredible game. Obviously, it was another incredible game in the Aviva this year. Just that home problem to get behind them, it's, um, it's tough to stop. Obviously, geez. Be hoping and praying that it's Ireland, but um, yeah, I think France have got such a big squad and they've got like real X Fact players. I don't know if you watched the top 14 final, but like Intimac wasn't having a great game and just fixed the switch. And it's a moment of brilliance from him. Um, and they've got players that can do that, you know, and that's the difference. Um, who's the best player you played with or played against? Ooh, best player I played against was Fritz Lee in 14-15. He was superhuman. I mean, when he hit you or you went to hit him, it was like hitting Teak. And the best player I played with uh, is probably Erlzy. Erlzy could just... Step you and accelerate like I've never seen before. Um, in his prime, in his prime. What? Well, yeah. Well, um, the other thing I was about to ask you was, um, uh, I, I think you're 32 now, James. Like, how long more do you see yourself going, and and what you want to do after rugby? What's the plan? Um. So I've one more year left in Leicester here, so I don't really know what way that's going to go. If get off another contract or whatever but I always had kind of like 35 in my head I think it's like a good age to kind of transition out of it there's young fellas coming up beating behind you you know what I mean you can't can't stick in the jersey all day you're not going away um, you know what the, the big thing I actually I really want to coach after rugby so it's like I've always kind of had it in my head that finish up maybe at 35 and go back to Highfield for a couple of seasons and play there and do a bit of coaching there, be it 18s, 20s, juniors or seniors. And um, I'd like to transition into professional coaching if possible. So that's what I'd like to do after rugby, you know. All right. Uh, what, what was it like? I see you played for the Babas too. What was that like? Uh, it was a great week, like, but probably too good. You're not kind of way you're opening the beers and you're having the crack and blew my calf out 10 minutes into the game. Right. The amateur like is in... Probably wasn't like it wasn't a real highlight in my career because obviously it blew my calf out. But uh, as a week as a whole, it's it's unbelievable. Like as in, um, you're out for dinner, you're having a few drinks, you know, you're getting to know other rugby lads and, and um, different environments and different hemisphere even, and that's brilliant. You know, like yeah, yeah. I was actually lucky enough to play with um, Thomas Cabelli in Beeritz, like, and he yeah. actually says. Said it's about enjoying yourself and making mates. That's what rugby's about, and you know, it was such he's so true. Yeah. Um. What advice would you give to young players or young props, James? Um. Simple. Just enjoy it. 
I mean, yeah. don't worry, don't worry about the trials or whatever else. Go out and express yourself, and when you get to it, they, they'll make you rigid enough when you get into the professional system. So just go out and express yourself. All right. And finally, James, where, where do you see yourself in 10 or 15 years' time? Do you think you'll come back to Cork, or where do you think, where do you see yourself? Oh, I'm a massive home bird, so if I'm not coaching abroad, like I'd love to like maybe go down to Australia or New Zealand and coach down there for a bit. Um New Zealand particularly. And yeah, I'll be I'll be on the sideline up in Woodley Park, um shouting heckling at someone probably at uh, forty or forty five. Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Actually, fine, go on, sorry, I meant to say that. A word on Highfield then, like, because like I, I think did you narrowly narrowly miss out on going up one A was it last year? I was think I was following a bit of it. Like how Yeah, yeah. We lost to Shannon there in the playoff, like, but um yeah, look the better team won. Simple as that. Yeah, but it's it's gutting like because like like I think like you're very close and you've been you know, then COVID came in the middle of it when it looked like you were flying and you know, you yeah. had a bit of bad luck there with Highfield. Yeah, I mean we we went up that year, but again, like it's about um about taking it out of other people's hands now. I think, I think next season there's a big focus there. I, I met the coaches last week or two weeks ago, and um, yeah, it's a big focus there now just to go and win it. And like, don't want these playoff things anymore, just go straight up and no messing around. And uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? I think a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of good volunteers in the club deserve to see Highfield up in Division 1A, and um, yeah, hopefully this year's the year. James, I do this with all my guests, so uh, just to finish off with quick fire questions. Okay? This, this is what I was worried about. This, this yeah. could be anybody. Be fine, don't worry. Um, favorite food? Jesus, pasta. We're off to a bad start already. <laughs> favorite favorite golf course? What is it? Favorite golf course? Pebble Beach. Uh, how often do you do your dirty laundry? Twice a week. Um, favorite holiday? Chicago. Who would play you in a movie? Um, Danny DeVito. <laughs> uh, leg day or chest day? Uh, leg day. Favorite film? Good fellas are the departed. Go to karaoke song. Friends in low places. Uh, hoodie or windbreaker? Uh, windbreaker. Craziest thing you've ever done? <laughs> that tab you said here. Go <laughs> oh, on, I'll skip it. Uh, um, best book you ever read? Mind gym. Yeah. And finally, Westlife or Boys on? Uh, Westlife. No bother. James, thanks a million for that. No problem, Nev. My pleasure. And thanks for listening. And thanks again to James Cronin for coming on the podcast. Uh, I would have propped against James once, believe it or not. It was in the back pitch. I think Dogfin were playing UCC. In the back pitch, in UCC out the farm. And, uh, honest you could see he was going to be a pro if I'm to be quite honest um, I hope he doesn't mind me saying so but I think he called me a prick at one stage because I kept dropping the scrum because I was up against him 
absolute beast back then, like, you know, so, and he had that aggression which you need to make it as a pro, but really, really top bloke there, and uh, thanks again to James for coming on the pod, his brother Moya, of course, would have played against him, you know, two hardy lads and, you know, good lads there, and, um, and good luck to Highfield, I hope to make it up to 1A, even though I'm a Sunday as well, man, but anyway, um, so hopefully, I, I look forward to watching James again next year with Leicester Tigers, and good luck to him. Um, until next time, well, I'll have someone else on the podcast. Remember, you can get this podcast on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, I'm Neville Dunu. Thanks for listening, and I'm out of here.